The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge and Dave Crane Jr. here live at G Mix in West Des Moines, Valley Junction. Come on down and join us tonight. Still steak night on Tuesdays, right? You got to turn that on. Gotcha. I don't have you. Uh, I'll let you know when I do. It is steak night. Uh, no. Nope. Anyway, uh, it is steak night down here, and we're going to talk Hawkeye uh, football, basketball, maybe a little bit of wrestling over the next hour as we uh, get things set here for everybody. 5.30 to 6.30 tonight, and then next week uh, we understand we are at s- from 6 to 7 the rest of the year. People will be able to find that 6 to 7 on Tuesdays. I know we've jumped it around a little bit here the last couple of weeks because of the holidays and certainly today because of uh, Northern Iowa basketball. Coming up at uh, 6.30 tonight here on 1700 The Champ. And uh, while you're working around with that microphone, I know. I got nothing out of you. I don't know. I don't know, man. It might be. Yeah, the Hawks won a big game the other night against Nebraska. Coming up uh, with a, a victory at number uh, against number 24, Nebraska, 93-84 at home. Uh, of course, they lost a tough one at uh, Purdue. And when I say tough, it was tough to watch. 86-70 on Thursday night. And uh, the gnashing of teeth by Hawkeye fans. Oh, I got you now, by the way. I can hear you breathing. The gnashing of teeth uh, by Hawkeye fans was completely earned after that game, I thought, because they came out on Thursday night and just looked absolutely god-awful. And then, thir- and when, you know, came out Sunday and looked, again, kind of like we expect them to look. Well, 11, is it 11 straight road games now that the Hawks have been down yep. 17 points Yep. Uh, in conference? And 17. And 17 is not 7. That's being out of right. the game. Right. You're out of it. Pretty fully. much early. Y'all can keep talking. It's no big deal. <laughs> Regardless, the uh, the uh, Hawks just stink right now on the road of the Big Ten. And as you and I were talking yesterday, in order for Iowa to get to the NCAA tournament, they actually have to act like an NCAA tournament team. And that means they're going to have to go on the road and they're going to have to win, win basketball games. And it starts tomorrow at Northwestern. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, when we were talking, what I was saying is I can see Iowa scenario where they win, uh, you know, they get six or seven of these wins at home. I mean, the home schedule is going to be tough the rest of the way. you got Michigan, Michigan State out there, Ohio State coming up this weekend. Um, it, there's going to be tough games at home, but you can win some of those. I The question is, can you go on the road and play decent basketball? And they have not done it other than one half of Illinois for a year and a half. That one half of Illinois last year, and they were down 21 in that game and came back and won it. But, uh, yeah, Northwestern is a team that they're 10-5 and five right now. They haven't beaten anybody. And they, they, they got Georgia Tech, I think, in the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge at home, uh, a game where they got way out in front and almost lost it at the end. Um, but they haven't beaten anybody with those 10 wins. Um, and so not real impressive, but at the same time, Iowa has not played well in Evanston for quite some time. Just it has, has struggled there, and this is their brand-new arena. It'll it, be full of people. So is it is it a new arena or a refurbished old Ryan arena? It is a, it is a completely gutted old McGaw Hall where they rebuilt Ryan Arena. So, so a few years ago... They took it was all it was McGaw Hall when we grew up. I remember listening to, to Ron Gonder, the big shoe right. in, uh, in uh, Channel Two and uh, WMT, 
in uh, Cedar Rapids, and he was in McGall Hall, right? McGall Hall, where the I believe the first NCAA championship was. You played, are correct. Right? Then in the eighties, uh, the Ryan family uh, and whoever Welsh was, they refurbished it and it became Welsh Ryan Arena. It still looked like a big gymnasium, but they refurbished it. This thing, they completely gutted it. It looks much more like, say, uh, Drake now. Is it the same building? It's the same building. Where they and but now I'll, they have an upper they have an upper deck they have a lower deck they've got seats in there uh, lighting is different I mean it's it looks like a new basketball arena just with the, the old exterior sitting right across I mean literally across the alley from the football field yeah that pavilion or whatever they have yeah. behind one of the end zones where yep. the where that's the, it uh, it's right there locker yeah. rooms are yeah and uh, so that's where it is and you know I've watched Northwestern play a couple times uh, there at home and. They obviously they've been competitive at home, uh, but just last week was it not Illinois that was giving them fits? Gave them tough game. Uh, they only beat Illinois by two right at the end. And I don't know if Iowa should compare itself to Illinois or if we as Iowa fans should compare ourselves to Illinois um, or anyone else because I I believe at home I think Iowa literally could could potentially beat anyone. I think maybe with the exception of Michigan. I think any team that comes in there, they're going to have a very good chance with. Um, and frankly, I don't think anybody's really going to beat Michigan very often this year. If they have more than five losses by the end of the season, I think it's going to be surprising. That's, that'd be a shocker. Yep. And so, but to put that on the other side of the coin, and I'm going to go back to this, we're going to find out if the Hawks are an NCAA basketball tournament by the way that they do compete and hopefully win games on the road. And if they can't, then we'll be here at the end of year nine going Fran's been to the big dance three times and has won two games uh, in nine years. And that's not exactly next level stuff. And I know Patrick McCaffrey is a top 50 player coming in, but he's not uh, Julius Irving or, or anyone like this that is absolutely just going to change the face of Iowa basketball. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. uh, So to the two points, after this game, you get Ohio State at home. Then you go to Penn State, another bad team, seven and eight right now, seven and eight record. Penn State's not good. Wisconsin never, just beat them by like twenty. And then they, they never have anybody there. Uh, so I mean, it's three or four thousand people in this uh, fifteen thousand seat arena that that are there. Uh, Northwestern, you will have a benefit of a lot of Iowa fans in Chicago who do go to those games. Um, never seems to help, but they do go. Uh, and somewhere down the road, you got Rutgers. Uh, you have Minnesota, who's okay, but, you know, has been in and out. They're good. They're right now. I think they're uh, right in that bubble discussion. But there are winnable games on the road. The question is, can you even compete? And they have not even been. The last time they were in Evanston, they got beat by 35. That's not playing competitive. That's, and that was a it's team. horrible. It's not playing competitive basketball. And if you want to know why people are, are getting on Fran, I, I get a little bit frustrated with the fact that people are talking about how fickle Iowa fans are. Of course, we're happy when they win, and we, we, we hey, good job, guys. We are happy. We started out the year. We're happy they won 11 games in the non-conference. Of course we are. But we also have seen this team in the last year and a half not compete on the road, not even be in games. And when that happens, it's no wonder. And, it, and fan, fans should not be ridiculed for expecting teams to at least be competitive well, with bad teams on the road. And with Fran never making any changes, meaning, um, okay, somebody gets two fouls, they automatically go to the bench. I believe he has to make that change. If if Tyler Cook gets two fouls, he has to stay in that game. 
and and you're going to have to play it like it's 1978, and you never took the guy out until he gets third foul in the first half. Well, and if if um, the team that you're playing against goes on an 8-0 run, you call a timeout because clearly by allowing that team to go on an 8-0 run and not call a timeout, it turns into a 17-2 run like it happened at Purdue. And, and it just... He seems, it's almost insanity that he seems to think that his formula is, well, we'll have a chance in the second half, and you're not going to have a chance in the second half when you're down 17 points at halftime. Yeah, it, it's, it, it was defined by a number of people the other day in, in a good definition of this. You're fouling out your own player. If you think to yourself, well, if he fouls out with 10 minutes to go, I limited his time. Yes, you did, if. But if you sit him down for 10 minutes in the middle of the game, you definitely limited his time. You fouled him out for that time. And Tyler Cook, Iowa had crawled back to within 10 points after letting uh, after he sat out for a little while. And they'd gone on a run, and Fran refused to call a timeout. And they crawled back to within 10. They got it right there, right before halftime. He gets a second foul. He sits down for the last minute and a half. They go on a 7-0 run while he's sitting. Iowa throws up three bad shots and turns the ball, ball over uh, twice in that, you know, in like six possessions. And suddenly you're down 17 points at halftime, and you're never in the game after that. And it, it, comical aside, got in the car to drive home. Bobby and Bobby and uh, Dolph. Dolph have been neutered. I mean, so literally, literally mentioned how Iowa won the second half by a point. Literally talking about what a great effort they gave in the second half, even though they were down by 25 or 27 at some point in time. They looked terrible the whole second half until Purdue stopped playing. They have been neutered. It's almost not worth listening anymore because there's no objectivity left in them. They can't even tell you what's really happening on the basketball court. Uh, Gary Bartis should be ashamed of what he, uh, the way he let that yeah, thing happen. Yeah, no question that. It, it's, ru- it's ruined those two guys as competitors, at least temporarily. Well, and, you know, I, I was watching – I guess I watched a fair amount of the Purdue game and, and all the Nebraska game, and you know it's it's still interesting. Macy Daly still drives into double teams with his head down. He still takes uh, wide open threes and doesn't make them. Um, still you know, throws the Isaiah, ball. Isaiah into, Moss yeah, is yeah. Uh, the biggest, uh, most inconsistent player that the Hawks have. When he's on and he plays well, Iowa almost wins almost every single time. And whether it's the microwave moments that he had like at Minnesota a few years ago um, or the big rebound, offensive rebound he had the other night with about three or four minutes to go in the game, put it back, kept Iowa up like eight or nine points at the time. Uh, those kinds of plays are the kinds of plays you, you want to see on a regular basis. And not, you would expect out of him at this point in time in his career. Right. I mean, someone who allegedly was pursuing or looking at NBA possibilities and, you know, He's averaging uh, eight and four for uh, the number twenty-five team in the country, which begs another question: How are we the twenty-fifth best team in basketball? Well, we're not now; we're out. So we got we got dropped. Okay, so we what are dropped. we twenty-eight? Uh, yes, I think we're twenty-eight. Okay. We got dropped out. Um, great point, though. Let's go back to to a positive. So Isaiah Moss comes into this game the other day, and all we depend on him for now is to somehow get red hot from the outside and knock down some three-pointers and do some scoring, and, and, and suddenly that helps the team. But he had a double-double. It was the first double-double of his career the other day, 12 points, 12 rebounds, and he was all over the place. And by the way, Nebraska's a pretty good rebounding team. If you look at how long and athletic they are, they're a pretty good rebounding team. They out-rebounded Iowa. But Moss, 
saved the day on a couple of plays, particularly you, you mentioned one of them that was very impressive where he got a, wiped the ball off the, off the offensive glass. There's some extra effort there that you wonder where that goes out of that kid because he has – this was not a game where he was playing against Bryant, right? This was – this is a top 25 team, Nebraska, or, you know, at least was. allegedly. Um, they're top 25 in the net, right? They've played one of the toughest, toughest schedules in the country. They have some big guys. He played really well and not just – on the offensive end. Do you think it was because Nebraska was playing that 1-3-1 one, one sort of half-court trap and it didn't have anyone in his face and, and marking him essentially head Nobody's up? Nobody screening him out. And so that gave him room to sort of roam and go and find find rebounds in that regard? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm posing that question because it seems to me when you get a Michigan State or a Purdue that's going to get in your shorts and play defense that he, he loses that ability. He's got a quick first step, but can't finish, um, you know. But the other day we saw Nebraska try to do something, whether it was trap or whatever. Iowa handled that very well, got a lot of open threes. Bohannon played great in the second half. Five threes for Jordan the other day, which and he scored at one point like 10 or 12 yeah. straight points. Uh, a lot of those from the free throw line, but nevertheless, still great. Uh, you know, Kareener starts. Is that his first start or first second? start ever? Fourteen points out of him. Played it, much better than he did. Knocked on down a three to yeah. start the game, yeah. and that was you know a nice way to go. And and Cook is really really showing his his maturity and his growth. I think in his game. So that was so that that was a point somebody was making on one of the, uh, the on Tom's message board the other day. They're talking about the lack of development of Cook, and I'm like, uh, okay, listen, this guy may not have an outside jump shot right now. But other than that, he, if you're trying to compare, he has developed, okay? This is, he's I the first he's play, player. I think he's playing pretty darn good. First defense. player in 25 years at the University of Iowa to get uh, 15 points and five boards in nine straight games. James Winter's the last guy to do that. Is that right? right? Yes. That's 25 years since somebody's had that kind of consistency over nine games. He's playing ball, right? He's hooping. And by the way, if you watch him shoot his free throws now, suddenly he's slowed himself down a little bit. Those are going in a lot better. He's doing a lot of other things. Yes, he's still got holes in his game, but he has developed. Clearly, if, if, if you really look at it, he probably should stick around another year and develop. Well, that's I, not going that to happen. happen. It's not gonna, no, but it should. I'm just saying, I, he's just not going to be an NBA player until he develops that a little bit more game. We'll see. But he's well, he's doing, gotta, he has to develop an outside game because the NBA has gone away from the basket. And unfortunately, I think John Miller pointed out, uh, it's that part of, of the equation is not good for Iowa because right now he wants to shoot jump shots and he's not hitting them. So, which is fine because he starts taking it the hole after he misses a couple and he kind of goes away from that. And that's okay. But. So don't you think that Luka Garza coming back and maybe becoming a uh, back into the flow of the game is going to be a big key for, at least? Absolutely. For, well, if not for these next two games, but at least the rest of the season. Because to me, Iowa loses energy when Luka's not out there. He's more gifted and talented than Kreener. He had like eight points in six minutes the other day. I mean, it was he barely got to play, and he had he was doing and fine. He's a big presence on defense, yes. um, big on the boards, big at, at least potentially blocking shots and those kinds of things. I just think getting him back, hopefully, uh, on a regular basis and getting close to a hundred percent with him is going to be another big key for the Hawks as we go and enter into this stretch of the Big Ten. You know, so I was one and three in the Big Ten. We got sixteen more games to go. And basically, got eight weeks to to get all of those games in. It's and 
It's a it's an and eight this, week grind. Yes, and this is the stretch. Even though Ohio State's rated, Ohio State's right now is still in sort of prove it to me mode. They so far their biggest win uh, is against your, your Blue Jays, uh, and I don't right. They beat Creighton, and yes. that, and I, they have UCLA, but right they beat UCLA, um, <clears throat> but they they haven't really proved it too much yet. Uh, I think they're twelve and two, but. They still have a. They still. We, we don't know what they have for a team. That's a beatable ranked team at home. You got Northwestern, very beatable team, and then you got Penn State after that, another very beatable team, and then Illinois at home. So. So in theory, I mean, if you go three and one or four and four and zero oh somehow, three and it, run catches you up. Four and zero oh puts you in a good spot. Four and zero, oh and all of a sudden you're yeah. five and three after three weeks in the. And you Big got Ten. Michigan and Michigan four, State coming four in. weeks in the Big Ten. Yeah, Michigan Michigan State coming in after that. Right. So so this is the time for the Iowa to make Now's to make it. some hay. Yes. They have an opportunity against teams with which, even if they're not favored, they're not going to be huge underdogs. I mean, when they were ten point underdogs at Purdue, I was shaking my head. Clearly, Vegas was right on that. I mean, uh, that game was never in doubt uh, from that perspective. Probably after about the 13 minute mark of the first half, and because it was Iowa, it was like 25, 1918 Yeah, we 19, 18, Yeah, and then then literally it was a 35-21. Yep, they went 17 to two run. That was the end of that. That's yeah. all she wrote. And now, yeah. by the way, Fran does know he can call timeout. I I think somebody's told him. I think I'm sure somebody's explained it to him at least once or twice. You know, I. I think it's interesting that he doesn't see that the game is getting away from him and or thinks that they're going to play their way out of that, especially on the road where they haven't had any success in the last 11 or 12 games. And all of a sudden, why not use three timeouts in the first half? Why not? I mean, if if you can stop it, and instead of being down 17, you're down six because you're able to get your team settled down and call timeout. And so what if you only have one timeout at the end of the game? Having four timeouts at the end of the game when you're down 26 doesn't make a hill of beans. There are no bonus points awarded for those who have timeouts. It's not his contract somewhere? I I wondered if maybe Barta had put something in his contract. The more timeouts you save, you know. No? Okay. If it was some weird rule where you got bonus points. Yeah, something like that. Well, there is the offensive and defensive efficiency stuff. So, by the way, the Hawks are still number 35 in the uh, NCAA net right now. So, that's pretty good. And uh, Joe Lenardi has them as a nine seed in his uh, uh, bracketology at this point in time, which is in the top 36. So, that's just about right. Right. Uh, Filling out just right there. And I think there's 10 teams that he's got in from the Big Ten, 11 right, an 11th right on the bubble somewhere because uh, Maryland's pretty good too. Uh, there, there's Big a lot of good Maryland, Minnesota tonight. Yeah, well, there aren't very many of them that aren't big anymore. You can pretty much take Rutgers and say, okay, most of those aren't real big, and maybe a couple of the Illinois, and that's about it. You know, Illinois gave uh, Indiana some trouble at Indiana the other night too. So uh, is Indiana that good? Uh, not sold yet. A lot of talent. A lot of talent, but we'll see. I didn't see. I'd have to go back and look at their non-conference. And I don't think they've got any real big wins, but they jumped over Iowa. Well, I know they did, Notre Dame beat they them. They beat. They did. They got. Seems like they got one right there before Christmas. That was they actually beat pretty. Butler, good. although Butler doesn't. Louisville did they? Oh, they, it was Butler. Yeah, they hit a late shot to beat Butler. I think so. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to go back and look. So Ohio State is one thirty on uh, Saturday, and of course Northwestern tomorrow night eight p.m. Both games on BTN. Uh, and so uh, you'll be able to catch up to those on the television, on the telly. There you and, go. And uh, see, uh, see how the Hawks come out because this is a stretch. This is a stretch. This is the time to make some hay, I think. And, and 
Right? It all starts tomorrow. Tomorrow, this is the biggest cliche in sports. Tomorrow is the biggest game of the year. The biggest game of the rest of your life. First day of the rest of your life. Right. Basically, it is the biggest game of the year. Well, I agree with you. This uh, having Luca Garza back will be very important. I, I, I really, you know, at the time we didn't think about it too much, but really lament the fact that you had to lose uh, Cordell Pemsel. Uh, that one game he played, he brought so much energy and clearly interior presence to the team. And, and uh, you know, Ryan Creener's a, a player that, that can do some things, but he may not have the step that uh, that Pemsel was, was picking oh, he, up. It's, and, it's and not his, even close. He's not as quick as, as Pemsel. It's just a different player, right? He's bigger. He's, he's stronger. He's, uh, he's a more physical beast. But he, he's not. He doesn't have that quickness. And he doesn't exact. Pemsel has that it. When it comes to energy and attitude, that frankly you don't see a lot of the rest of uh, no Connor right Connor right. has that um, a little bit we, of strut, a little bit of edge right. Weeskim doesn't have any of that, but he's a he's a baller. Uh, I mean, he just he's a smart, good basketball player, but he's thin. He's a freshman. I'm worried about him getting tired as the year goes on. He's going to play a lot of minutes. And he's, he played, well, he is playing a lot of minutes. Now, I will say this, but, you know, he, late in the game the other day, about five minutes ago, he did one of those deals where he, he, he put on the baseline, went around his guy, went in for what typically is a difficult layup opportunity for Iowa freshmen. I mean, not, but I mean, he was guarded. He went up strong. And it's a typical with the freshman. Some guy kind of got in his way and he missed the layup, right? Missed it, but he but, got it back. Right, but he got it back. And a put lot right of times our guys. Sort of that that's an amazing thing to them that they missed the layup and got it blocked, so they don't get the rebound. But he got it back, put it back up and in. This is the difference, and, and that kid also doesn't need a lot of room to shoot. If you see him when, on the, the corner, most of your games are going to be decided yeah. probably by six points or less. Having the ability to get those extra couple baskets on plays like that, or like Isaiah Moss, that makes a huge difference. It's huge. Talk some more football when we come back here on the Hawkeye Huddle on seventeen hundred, the champ. Well, we think we're back here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brad Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. Always good to be live. I know. Live radio. Uh, down here at G-Mix, as uh, we are each week, be 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock from now on. Of course, tonight's show, 5 to 6 30, 530 to 6.30. You can catch a podcast tomorrow if you miss any portion of the program, which some people may or may not have. Heck, uh, I, at may, the I may have missed a portion. I'm just never sure if I actually am all here or not. <laughs> But uh, at com, and, of course, uh, you can uh, check our, our Twitter feeds, as was noted uh, by our lovely announcer at the beginning of the program. I know. That's a nice Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2, the numeral 2, uh, for each of us. Uh, David, a little bit more positive than I am, but uh, I tweet a little bit more, so it's, uh, I'm a little more discussion-oriented. And yeah. you never know, because uh, you can talk me out of a lot of things uh, uh, here and there. However. It's possible that I can talk you out of things. Let's don't forget our great sponsors. Langlewood Clothing, down here in Valley Junction, Fourth of Locust. Great to have uh, them aboard here for the second half of the Hawkeye Huddle season. Kozlowski Law, for all of your personal law needs. Hopefully, none family of us. Family law, yes. Family law. None of us. Hopefully, none of us need that. You're listening and, to the uh, Hawkeye Huddle teammates. with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's a bonus two minutes. We're going to be assume we were on the air for the last two minutes. <laughs> so G Megs, Kozlowski Law, and of course Temple to Rye, which we'll get to our Temple to Rye last call here in a bit. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. 
Uh, let's talk Hawkeye football. There's still some stuff going on. Of course, uh, declarations for the NFL this week. Uh, three have happened so far. Of course, we knew Nora, Noah Fant was going, as was uh, predicted fairly evenly and, and uh, solidly last week. Amani Hooker uh, announced the other day. And then uh, just, uh, was it yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday, Anthony Nelson says he's going. Defensive end from here in Waukee. And uh, we're awaiting the TJ Hawkinson announcement. And I, I believe, based on the fact that, from what we understand, he's down in Fort Lauderdale working out with a couple of guys who are already have already announced, there's a pretty good chance that he's going as well. And right. it's, it's gonna, this is going to be – it's tough because this football team next year, with all of those guys, as happens to some teams, would have been much more high, highly rated and we would have been much more comfortable. But it's going to be next man in and it's going to be tough because it's a tough schedule. Well, it is a tough schedule and it's – you know, football is a funny game when you, when you lose those key guys. Now, we can make a case that we've got a senior quarterback and Nate Stanley coming back. Got experienced running backs. Um, we're gonna. We have two experienced tackles on our offensive line. We got to replace the interior. Um, we got a solid defensive line, even with uh, Anthony Nelson going out. Golston played great towards the end of the year, and we seem to be re- reloading there. Um, I'm excited to see what we're gonna do at linebacker um, with the with this new star position. Who's gonna fill in for Hooker in that regard? Um, and we got to replace the great Jake Gravas at free safety. Tongue somewhat in cheek, but nevertheless, kid hey, played. Hey, kid had a great bowl played game. Played a great bowl game, and uh, we got to replace Nick Easley, the MVP of the bowl. But and we got to find a kicker. And if you watch Alabama last night, no, that's pretty important. I don't understand. They're going to have the greatest football team on earth and still have one of the worst kicking games going well so strange good news about the kicker is you still have keith duncan who made the big kick against michigan a couple years ago he didn't have quite the leg that that miguel racinos did but racinos will tell you that he was every bit as good as in terms of you get in the closer ranges 40 yards in every bit as good as as racinos was and uh, could have been playing for any number of teams so they feel pretty good with that and they do have a walk on gotta find a punter i think punter's a bigger issue um and and can't we find one of those australian guys we tried that, and that guy never played. Why not? He wasn't good. He wasn't good? No. Uh, I can't remember. What was the kid's name? I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, no, there's, aside from Colton Rastetter, um, who's the other kid? I don't remember. Uh, I'm yeah, it's dying right. right here. Connor Cornbath. Cornbath. Uh, can kick, right? And could be. He's on scholarship. Could be an, an answer there. We'll see. Uh, something's got to be done about that because the, the the kicking game once they figured out how to, to handle the rugby punt, uh, it got worse uh, and it wor- worked out great to start the year, but it got worse and so that's got to happen. I think you're right though. It's it's about some of these key positions and we kind of know who's going to fill in in some of these spots. But, but but losing both your tight ends if they if Hawkinson does in fact, which huge. we both agree, I believe is is now the tea leaves are re- leaning that way. That's huge and and. You go from the potential, you know, two All-Americans to none. Right. Um, and it, obviously, Brian Ferentz loves tight ends. Um, you know, but it does give Marv Cook's boy a, a chance. It, it Sean Byer would be another Sean one. Sean Byer. Cook would be another one. Um, uh, Nate Whiting, who right. uh, had a big catch in the in the bowl game last year in New York. Uh, another kid that could be in there. There's there's guys. And they they've recruited a couple of fairly 
fairly sizable uh, studs for for this recruiting class, guys who are going to yeah. be good tight ends as well. So, 227 days till college football starts, so we'll have plenty of time to figure that out. But let's do talk about this. Iowa's rated 25th in the AP poll, so that's uh, good. The Hawks will clearly make note of the fact that they were rated once again. I think this is the seventh or eighth. Seventh time for, for seventh Kirk. Seventh time in Kirk Ferentz. 18 years? Yeah, that sounds right. So that's good. It's not horrible. It's not fantastic. Well, it's only the it's only the second time. Uh, so he's had five top ten finishes and two in, the, in just in the rankings in the twenties. Um, it's the first time ever that a nine win football team at Iowa has not made at least the top twenty, uh, which is an interesting. Uh, it's it's interesting to but, think about that. So these if days. we start to look, and I, it, this is this completely falls into things that don't matter. At this point. Yeah, so in the coaches' poll, Iowa's 26 behind Mississippi State. And if you could tell me one coach who put Mississippi State ahead of Iowa and could have an explanation as to how you could do that when you're talking about They played in the all-powerful SEC. But... Of which, no, of course, no one could beat them. By they the went, way, they, they, had, they, they were six only 6-6 six. Six and six in their bowls, whereas the Big Ten was 5-4. Uh, and 5-4. I, I don't get it. There's not nothing in that that makes any sense whatsoever how you could rate the team that Iowa just played in a neutral field in a bowl game and beat ahead of the Hawks. That's just that is like, OK, that's really neat. The game didn't matter. It's, right. It's so right. stupid. Right. Um, frankly, I think the coaches bowl should be abolished. Coaches don't watch football games anymore. Unless they're scouting certain teams and they don't watch, they don't have time. They don't to watch. watch they don't watch the ESPN no. tape. They watch the coach tape of the All Twenty Two or whatever in an effort to scout those things. So this falls to sports information directors, assistant sports information directors, or the kid who stayed up late one night to watch West Coast teams. And they have a vested interest. If you're an SEC coach, you have a vested interest in keeping as many teams as you have from the SEC in the top 25 because what happens is the following year then you get you get more teams ranked in the early season top 25 which then follows through to how the uh, how they pick the college football playoff because Alabama's win over Mississippi State is much more impressive if Mississippi State was rated at the beginning of the year regardless of whether they were any good or not it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where every year they they rate eight SEC teams at the beginning of the year and then they call the victory over one of them that ends up only winning four games. It's a big win because they were rated at the time. I mean, it's it, it, you're right. The coaches have no business doing this. It's why, even, why, don't it's, they, why don't they just use the Sagarin ratings as as I appreciate the AP. I think the writers uh, take their try. time. They try yeah. to do their there's best. There's a few. There's a few. That, there's that no question there, it, there is yes. bias in, in certain areas yes. as it relates to that. No different than the Heisman voting. But at the end of the day, why not use Sager ratings? Why don't we use the Vegas ratings? Uh, the Massey rating where they take 100 computer ratings and put them all together and they Let's come out with that it. one. Right. Well, that one is actually, I think Iowa came in, I want to say they were 11th or 12th in that thing. I thought 13th. But 13th, something like that. I mean, which is, granted, I'm not sure that Iowa was the 13th best football team in the country this year. You lost four games. You should have won a few more, but you lost four right. games. But I will say this. They're probably better than, so the AP rated, uh, there were uh, six group of five, so mid-major conference teams that ended up in the final poll ahead of Iowa. Central Florida. Central Florida, Fresno State, 
Boise, I think. Boise State, Utah State. Army? Army. Army, yes. Army of West Point now. Yes. So these these six group of five teams against Power Five Power Five competition this year went five and six. Only one of those five wins was against a team that had a winning record, which was Arizona State, who went seven and six in an awful Pac-12. I I'm I, I'm on board with the fact that if you go undefeated like Central Florida, in my opinion, you deserve a shot at the national championship somehow. And by the way, they've proven they can play with Power Five teams. However. It's still ridiculous to say that a Fresno State who didn't beat anybody. I mean, they beat, a, they beat Utah State had the literally the worst schedule. No business being on ranked ahead planet. of Iowa. No business whatsoever being ranked ahead of Iowa. I mean, you have to get somewhat analytical about who these teams have played. No, you don't, because you don't? it's the end of the year and they just fill it out. And who won their bowl game? And these guys were rated somewhere earlier, so that's, well, that's what where, they say. That's where if you if you're a reporter and you have a vote in the AP poll, you should. Take a little bit of time to figure it out. You should. You I should do it. the old Steve days where he has a reason why when he, he used to talk to him all the time about you know, a reason why everybody was rated exactly where they were rated when uh, when he when he would have his show and go through it. And he had well, explain to me how, how Georgia is rated below Florida when they pounded them. Explain, explain to me now how Oklahoma by, you know, Oklahoma was better and then they got beat by the best team in the history of the world, Alabama, but they dropped below Ohio State. They were good, you know, I don't know. I Head don't, shaking. I, I, it is. And, Gnashing yeah. of teeth. And it's really good for uh, one segment on our, on our show. It is. It but is. it really doesn't make a hill of beans. I, at the end of the day, Iowa is in the AP Top 25 for football, which, I, I frankly, I didn't think they'd make it. They were I think they were 32nd or something like that coming into this. Hey, but they beat an all-important SEC team. I, that's, how it, that's how it worked. I mean, you know. So I was actually quite pleased that they, that they did get in. I, I was thinking that they might not get in. And in coaches' poll, they didn't quite get there. But it is good for the program. You can list it. You can say, hey, we're a top 25 team. We want a bowl game. And I think next year, unfortunately, as you start taking a look at what they've got coming back, there are, there are lots of good, good things coming back. But the schedule is much more difficult and losing these key players, I think it's going to be a tough year next year. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. And, and we'll have to let's, – let's just wait and see. Let's get some idea of what the depth chart will look like. Let's get some idea of, of who they think that they're going to put in there. And let's start playing some football games before we go ahead and throw the baby out with the bathwater. Well, I'm not throwing in a towel. But you've got to go to, you got to, go to Michigan next year. Uh, so? So that's that's a little bit tougher than. So they're losing seven guys in the NFL that allegedly. That helps. Uh, you do get Rutgers, which is nice. I think we open with Rutgers, don't we? I don't know. Uh, but in any case, you do get that. Uh, it's it's a tough tougher schedule. You got to go on the road to Wisconsin, on the road to Nebraska, on the road to Northwestern. It's going to be tough. Uh, and you don't, of course, take Purdue off the schedule. And and uh, they didn't. We were kind of hoping. Uh, you know, that uh, that they were a flash in the pan. I don't think they are. I think they're going to be a good football team going down the road. So it's going to be tough. We'll see how it goes. Um, we're sure, but we feel pretty confident. The hey, we still got to play Nebraska. I know. Hey, you know, if Dabo Sweeney wins a couple more national championships, he might become a, as accomplished as Scott Frost. I'm just saying he might get there. I'm telling you what, there's no question this year that Clemson was the best football team. And that quarterback Not now. Not now. is a freak. Yeah, he did, he was able to to uh, to coin a phrase, drop a dime, wasn't he? Man, he was. Good. He has got a hose, and he is he has got the kind of arm. 
and in fact, I read uh, somewhat uh, literally sarcastically today that he should take the next two years off and yes, just so he doesn't hurt yeah. hurt himself yes. uh, and prepare himself to be the number one draft in the NFL draft in three years or whatever it is. Whenever he's eligible, actually, uh, based on the way things go. Well, I mean, he's won a national championship. Can't no, that's do any just better. stupid. I know. Hey, I'm just saying, if this is the logic of other people, of, of other kids. Well, that's not our logic. It's, it's not just other stupid. Kids. I know. Uh, real quickly, before we, before we uh, uh, forget and uh, just keep going. Uh, women's basketball this week, the Hawks uh, with a pair of wins, 77-71 uh, over Nebraska and 71-53 blew out Wisconsin last night in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Two games this week, both of them on BTN if you want to watch uh, Hawkeye women's basketball at Purdue on Thursday. That's at 7. And then, uh, let's see, they're at number 18, Minnesota. That's a kind of a big one, 6 p.m. on ESPN2. That'll happen on Monday of next week. So uh, two, big, two big games for them. The Hawks 11-3, and 2-1. And number 17 in the current AP poll uh, fighting right now for the Big Ten. You want to hear something really interesting? Sure. Iowa State women are 20th. Iowa State men are 20th. And the preseason all too early uh, poll for next year, Iowa State is rated 20th. So that's the first time that they would have had that kind of success. In a preseason. Yeah fashion yeah i read somewhere but with butler and montgomery both declaring i think that has to take a little steam yeah yeah. it it might it might drop a little bit um wrestlers they are back in action sunday i believe at minnesota 15th 13th 15th i thought well i saw maybe it's the 13th sunday at noon it is it is is sunday i know that btn can you can watch the wrestlers back in action they're six and oh on the year uh, we'll see who all gets to wrestle for them based on injuries and uh, you know whatnot. Well, you know they've had an alternate lineup pretty much the, the whole entire so season. Yeah, and uh, it's time now to start re- uh, getting that ship settled. Yes, right? so that they can go ahead. Get and your lineups ready. Get yep. get ready. Wrestle hard. Finish out your dual season. Win the play, participate in the Big Tens and get ready for nationals. How'd you like to go up against Spencer Lee after he lost? I don't know. It's interesting. I I wonder if Spencer Lee's gotten lazy a little bit, and uh, and hopefully this win uh, wakes him up. We'll see. We'll it's see. not like the guy he lost to was, you know, Joe No, the guy Schmo. was good. guy was good and, and ranked wrestler for Northwestern, but uh, you just you just don't count on that happening. And uh, It was on the road. <laughs> True road environment over in Evanston, Illinois. Yeah, for the Midlands. Right? For the Midlands. True road environment. I suppose that's the case. All right. About two or three minutes? Five. Five minutes. Perfect. Time now for our Templeton Rye last call, brought to you by The Good Stuff. A lot of it uh, uh, put down, uh, washed down the other night late at uh, the Bread Halley Shotsky party. <laughs> Dangerous party Dangerous. that gets It was. Be. It was. Fortunately, many of us had... Kids, come pick us up and drive home. We had Uber. It was, good, it was good, the Uber. The Ellie Gherkin Uber. Yes, the Ellie Gherkin. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's right. You were. Uh, that's how good, I forgot. You were sitting. Oh next my to me. good lord! So um, it was a show. It was a show. Let uh, me tell you. That's enough of that. It was a show. We had a good time, but uh, Templeton Rye was uh, was brought out at the end, which was the wrong time to bring it out. It was brought out for the last call. It, it was. All right. We got two big games this week for the men. Two big games this week for the women. Uh, Don't ask me to pick women's basketball. I'm going to go against what I told you last night. All right. 
I think I think we're getting four wins out of this. You think, dog? I think the are gonna. If I'll tell you what, if they don't find a pair this this week and play well over at Northwestern, it ain't happening. It, you could this game tomorrow night is big enough that you can sit back and think to yourself, if they don't play at least at least play well and are not in the game. You might as well just kiss the rest of the road games goodbye, with the exception of maybe Rutgers, and you're looking at probably one and one. And it should be known. Last time we went to Rutgers, it was a struggle. Uh, yes. All, part of the part of the 11, 11 games in a row down seventeen. Yes. So you got. So this is what I have. I have the uh, Hawkeye men winning tomorrow night, eighty-two to eighty-one, because the only That's way that specific. the only way that the Hawks are ever going to win a basketball game is if they get over eighty points. And then on Saturday at 1.30, 100 to 97, because <laughs> Ohio State is going to want to get up and go. Yeah. They scored over 100 against Creighton, and it was an up-and-down basketball game. It's going to be a really fun game to watch. Set your DVRs, your VCRs, all of those recording devices that you have. Get out your A-tracks, what have you. This is going to be a really fun game to watch. So I have the Hawks winning two games by a combined total of four points. Well, I'll give you this. Um Iowa's defense that we thought it improved quite a bit has dropped. Is not so good. It's there out of all the Power Five teams. Their their efficiency now is I think there's like only four teams that have worse efficiency in in uh, defensive efficiency. Is and one of them Kansas? I don't think so. Okay, but I will say this. So Purdue the other night I didn't I didn't quite catch it, but I thought I saw the stat was that Purdue's best first half of basketball was 30 points. Iowa gave up 52, and Nebraska. Even though we won this game the other night, Nebraska scored 59 points a game coming in, and Iowa gave up 84 to them. So it's 25 over their average. Iowa's defense right now, uh, while there may be some good effort going on, it's still porous. It's still porous. Luca Garza will help that. Our so. guys play so hard, though. They play so hard. Bruce Weber. I could do they a really so good Bruce hard. Weber the way my voice is right now. Yeah. But I'm just saying this. I just – I. I believe that this team has enough talent to go to the tournament, and they're going to prove it. They're going to use this Nebraska game as a springboard to bigger and better things. This Nebraska it, game, this was the comeback. Give them credit. The two times they've been crushed on the road so far this year, the Michigan State and the Purdue game, they came home, they beat Iowa State. Do we consider Ranked wearing team? those gray uniforms or wrestling? Might become a trademark. I don't know. Why not? Alford did it when they went with the gold, and then they just kept wearing them until they lost one. Uh, it's not a bad idea. It's not like the next home game isn't against a ranked opponent. It is. I mean, I it's don't. Against Ohio why, State, right? If it gives them any extra confidence or energy or whatever, why not? It's like the lightning patch on the quit shoulder. Changing, quit changing. Yeah, that's right. The lightning bolt on the shoulder. Yes. It's the, it's, it doesn't it's, matter. Just do whatever it, whatever it Use takes. whatever gimmick you, it is that you need in order to get Touch over the hump. with your chicken bones. Yes. You know. It, it, live, roosters, live roosters. I don't care. Whatever it is. I just. Because there's a mental hump there. And let me tell you, if Northwestern goes on a 6-0 run tomorrow, I hope he calls timeout. Call timeout. Time Leave Tyler Cook in the ball game. Figure it out. Because at some point in time, Fran, you've got to go against your, your instincts. Yeah. And you've got no to figure question. out. You've got to figure out how to keep things even on an even keel. Don't let Northwestern get on a roll because that's when you lose that game. And if it doesn't get out of hand, you have a chance. That the whole idea is to hang around till the end of the game. Right, and then have right? a chance to win. On the road. Don't, don't lose it in the first half. 
Absolutely. All right. I want to thank everybody for helping us out here at G-Mix today. Get down here. Enjoy Steak Night on Tuesdays. We'll talk to you right here next week. Six to seven. The Hawkeye Huddle on the G.